This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the contractual dispute that is the Formation Lab. My name is Luke. I'm joined as always by my partner. We'll talk about him later. More importantly, Ryan Bjorky is in the house. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, Tim's also here. But more importantly, Ryan, how are things with you? <laughs> uh, I would say they're pretty good. Coming off of a nice, strong weekend of walking sclins. First time I've been in a car in eight months, so I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, no First kidding. time in eight months, and you put her on the top step. Well done, sir. Thank you. Yeah, not, how, did all, not, how did it all play out? I, we rolled her off the trailer, and we were – Watkins Glen is a track I've been to a bunch, and I love that place. Uh, we rolled the car off the trailer, started off practice about a second faster than everybody else. So and to save some time in, on the tires and on the engine, we skipped a couple practice sessions, and then went out for qualifying and was on pole by seven tenths and won the first race. And uh, we were go- uh, I was going up against uh, uh, the championship leader, Reese Everard, and Aurora Strauss, who's uh, a world challenge race winner. So the field was tough. I knew it was, it was a good time. And, and the second race got a little hosed at the start, caught Reese at the end and got and but then the yellow came out so i wasn't able to do anything with that and then in the second and then in the third race we just walked away with it started from pole and just had a fun field day i i love i love i turned on the zoom meeting right um because i'm chronically on time to these zoom meetings and <laughs> ryan's already got he's got like half of his screen is taken up by his radical cup first place trophy and i'm like well someone had a good race in buckets glenn huh and he's wearing his first place Hong Kook hat yeah yes uh, so uh well done indeed sir thank you very much ah, congratulations so we figured uh you know we haven't had ryan on in a while um we had grant on last week we'll have ryan on this week i want to get and i talked talked to grant about this last week when neither of you guys were here I really, really, really want to get uh, Grant, Ryan, which for some reason they haven't been on the same podcast, but now that we're doing Which is funny because we work together. I know. Grant, Ryan, Dylan, Tim, and I. Just the complete crap show. Five people. It'll be absolute chaos. But Tim, I think you'll agree. There are some... Dylan is a character and the spice that would be like those three as guests would be insane dylan is absolutely a character um he is also uh very fastidious about his details um so uh, he'll he'll call anybody to the carpet if the details are off uh so everybody bring their a game uh the super producer is here so dylan in and then ryan knows how to run with the bit grant's a funny guy that would be Maybe the funniest episode we've ever produced. It, it might be one where we don't feature at all. <laughs> yes. It'll be like, it'll be... Dylan's here. And Dylan will say his thing about taking off your pants. And Tim and I just walk away. <laughs> yes, he absolutely will talk about taking your pants off. Please don't actually take your pants off anybody that you could go to jail for that kind of thing. <laughs> Speaking of not having pants, I sat in on a press conference at the Honda Indy Toronto over the weekend. So let's talk a little bit about IndyCar. We've been kind of neglecting the past couple of weeks of IndyCar. And if you're wondering about that segue, 
Yes, I, I did not have, I had boxers on. It's kind of hot in this room. And I was like, you know what? I'll wear a nice shirt for the press conference and I'll have my camera off. But uh, yeah, we, Honda Indy Toronto. Um, Tim and uh, Tim Ryan, you know, I saw Colton Herta put her on pole, right? And I think my question was the same as Dylan's question. was the same as everyone's question. I tweeted this out was, um, is our mythical driver going to show up? Colton Herta with a lot to lose is not like regular Colton Herta. Colton Herta with a lot to lose finds out how to lose it all in spectacular fashion. So when he came in second, I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, the Toronto race wasn't like spectacular, but it was good. And I was proud in a way to see Colton, um, not Bennett trying to overextend. Colton has been impressing the hell out of me. And he, I, and at this point, I, he, he's going to be a title contender at some point. It's just a matter of when, and, and hell, it may even be at the end of this year. And honestly, I know, I, I know I've not always been the biggest Colton fan, but right now I don't, I, I think he's probably the best one to represent the U S if he were to go to formula one. And I think you just hit on the thing that for me seems to be his ultimate ambition. I don't see him really caring about the IndyCar championship as much as developing his racecraft to the point where F1 would actually take a look at him. I think he just did an F1 test. He did. Uh, yes. So, yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think that is his ultimate ambition and he does not give a toss about uh, the championship as a whole for IndyCar as much as he cares about trying to look uh, good enough and develop enough to not make a fool of himself uh, if he were to jump to F1. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's also a little short on super license points. He does. If I'm not mistaken, he has to finish in the top three this year in the IndyCar championship uh, in order to get his super license. But there are certain rules uh, where if – McLaren really wanted them. They can make that up during test sessions in the latter half of the year. So send him out in a free practice one, and he'll get, I think like one super license point per two uh, sessions. So I, I, I think there's ways that he can get in, but he does need to finish extremely well in the IndyCar championship in order to really kind of lock down the super license. And what does Tim know what all has gone on? I was going to say, yeah, because I'll be honest, uh, I, I haven't been paying attention too much, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, every year, and especially this year, uh, with my health being an issue, I've been tuning more into cycling. Um, and the Tour de France is on right now. Uh, for those at home who enjoy racing, I would definitely tune in to uh, this year's tour. Uh, growing up, uh, when I was a kid and a teenager, um, I worked in bike shops, and the voice of summer was always Phil Liggett and Paul Sherwin. Um, unfortunately, Paul, uh, passed, uh, in his sleep a few years back. So it's a little difficult, uh, for those of us who are, uh, used to hearing Phil and Paul, uh, call the tour, uh, to get used to Bob Roll. Uh, Bob Roll is actually a former American writer who, uh, I thought was always too much of a doofus, um, to be, uh, uh an announcer, but he's, uh, announcing with Phil this year and the tour this year is absolutely bonkers. Uh, you know, for those who actually care, I would go just who 
just want to get a taste of what it is, uh, I would go to your Peacock app and look for stage 12 exclusive. Exclusive means that it was not aired on, it was aired on NBC proper, not on USA. Um, and it is announced by Phil uh, and Bob. I personally uh, thought the stage was insane. Um, there was 15,000 feet of climbing up. So that's for anybody who wants to know, that's over three miles going straight up. Uh, it was absolutely crazy. The first was uh, the coal. Uh, actually, they ended on Alpe d'Huez. It was, uh, they had the Croida Fair, and uh, I cannot remember the first climb for the life of me, but it was an amazing race. Uh, and if you want to get into cycling at all, I would go ahead and jump on Peacock and check that out. But I have been uh, elbow deep in that, getting caught up. So uh, IndyCar has kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, for now. For now. For now. For now. For I'll now. jump back in because I know there's missed- a, some drama. Yeah, you miss the beautiful hate cauldron. Um, beautiful hate cauldron. Uh, the well, hate I, cauldron. I, I know I've seen a couple guys bouncing over to uh, McLaren's seat to see who's going to uh, fit, because I think I was right uh, a little bit ago saying that Danny Rick is not long for Formula One. No, uh, as we were saying, uh, you know, Colton Herta did a nice test. Pato Awards definitely on their uh, radar. I mean, he is a McLaren driver. Let's talk about the uh, the 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 elephant in the room, the reigning champ who I, I think there was some very I, interesting development timeline breakdown. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's, let's break down the timeline, shall we? So we're going to talk about Alex Polo, who uh, Tim, if, while I, I Google this is one of the most talented drivers in years, uh, you know, uh, actually yeah. maybe Ryan can expand on him. So Alex below, I came out of super formula. He was incredible. uh, He was incredible in the junior formula in Spain. And he came onto the IndyCar scene. I think it was with Foyt originally. Mm -hmm. And the, and the kid was a top 10, uh, top 10 competitor in a Foyt car, which I am, I, I am a huge fan of Kyle Kirkwood and Kyle Kirkwood can't even do that. Right. Um, So he gets picked up by Ganassi. Well, you could learn a little bit from the old Wiley Fox that is Scotty Dixon and just goes out and beats crap out of him and then beats crap out of everybody else and wins a championship in his sophomore year. He is probably the most uh, like from a driver, coach, engineer and driver's perspective perspective. I he is probably the most sound driver in the field and he just doesn't know how to make a mistake. No, he's, he's on it no matter what. And even like with all the drama that's gone on, the guy still drove back from the back of the pack to the top uh, into the top 10. Yeah. So we were, yeah. So he is, I mean, he's the new age Scott Dixon. I think that's the best way I can put it. And he's with Chip Genancy Racing. Now, this all starts a, a few days ago, all right, on July 12th. That is almost a week exactly ago from uh, when we're recording this on Tuesday, right? July 12th, Chip Genassi Racing uh, puts out a, a, a nice little statement that I don't think any of us thought about at the time as I scroll on back to the exact uh, verbiage here, which announces basically that, hey, we've extended the champ the reigning champion of IndyCar. We've extended him uh, into next year And there's a nice quote about how uh, I'm super excited to be joining the team 
with Alex Pillow, right? Like it, it's a very standard tweet. When I saw it, I didn't really think anything of it. Oh, here he is. <clears throat> Chip Ganassi Racing has announced today that teams exercised its op- option to extend Alex Pillow through the 2023 season. Alex's track record speaks for itself. He's a proven champion and one of the most formidable drivers in the world, as the quote that Chip Ganassi has. And then they have a quote from Alex in there uh, as well. This goes out on July 12th at, I'm having trouble finding its timestamp, but it's basically like, I don't know, three o'clock. It's, it's a standard thing. Oh, what's that? We want to go back just three hours later. Quote, I have, this is Alex Pillow tweeting. I have recently learned from the media that this afternoon, without my approval, Chip Ganassi Racing had issued a press release announcing that I would be driving with Chip Ganassi Racing in 2023. Even more surprising was that Chip Ganassi's release included a quote, and that is in quotes, which I which did not come from me. So they released a press conference without or a press release without his okay and a quote that he didn't say. I did not approve of this press release, and I did not author or approve that quote. As I have recently informed Chip Ganassi Racing for personal reasons, I do not intend to continue with the team after 2022. Okay, well, that's interesting. The quote, by the way, is, quote, it's a great feeling knowing that I'll be back with Chip Ganassi Racing next season, said Alex Pillow. The team welcomed me with open arms from day one, and I'm excited to continue working with Chip, Mike Cole, and the folks at the number 10 NTT data car and everyone within the organization. The goals remain the same, and we all continue to work relentlessly towards achieving them. The press release did nothing, but looking back, Alex Polo didn't say any of that. Chichinassi Racing wrote that about itself. Yeah, and I, you know, I get the sour grapes of like an ex when you break up, but to go out and actually say something someone didn't say and attribute a quote to them, and then to have them come out and say I didn't say that, I'm pretty sure he's got grounds for a lawsuit of some kind. Something that's just it's not how it's done. That because is not how quotes are done. Now, the team quotes, also came out pretty quick after that to to say, actually, Alex landed here. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So that's the next step here. Is is Alex uh, kind of got his heart, uh, his cards played for him, right? Because McLaren, in the next, I mean, we're talking like maybe five minutes later, puts out, and this isn't McLaren. Uh, Arrow McLaren SP. This is at McLaren F1. This is McLaren McLaren. Okay. McLaren Racing. Notice McLaren Racing. Welcomes at hashtag IndyCar champion at Alex Pillow to its driver roster from 2023 as the continue, team continues to build talent across all of its racing series. Our full driver, driver lineup across all racing series will be confirmed in due course. See. That's so the Pol- interesting one to me. Polo signed with McLaren, told the team, Chip Ganassi Racing, I, I'm not going to be with you after 2022. Chip Ganassi appeared to have an option to pick up a contract and say, uh, no, you're racing with us. We have it in this option that we've chosen to extend with you. Polo says, I can't because now I'm now with McLaren Racing, not Aero McLaren SP. Could still be with IndyCar, but just with McLaren. And then I, I, I think that 
I don't think anybody really knows because Janassi then doubled down and said, no, 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 no. Uh, he's our driver to multiple sources. And there was talk that the, our, our boy Polo might not even be in a seat in Toronto. I don't think that, I think it was too soon to have uh, toss him, but uh, his seat is actually in legitimate kind of danger right now, because I'm thinking that uh, Chip Janassi racing is kind of sick of him, even though I don't think that Polo was in the wrong here. So from my, uh, from an outsider, uh, from an outsider's perspective, with a little bit of cue into it, it to me, I'm, Chip's got all the cards. Chip's yeah. could, uh, Chip could absolutely sit him, and there is nothing, not one bit, that Zach Brown can do about it. And I think that's part of the reason why they haven't said exactly what they're doing with Rosenquist. Because, and even Rosenquist said this on the uh, in a article not too long ago. I, I think it was right after the uh, the race. He said, "If I was going to be in." Formula E, we would know by now. I think that's exactly what he said, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but that that is a valid statement, regardless. I don't know why they would pull this now, and I feel like, like, of all, like, I feel like it was kind of a a who's got more balls contest between Zach Brown and Chip Ganassi, and in my opinion, even though Zach Brown's with with McLaren and McLaren's a huge name. I don't, I would never want to go up against Chip Ganassi of no. all people in American motorsports. The only one who would be worse to go up against is Roger Penske himself. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I don't, I, I don't really, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out about how Alex wanted Scott Dixon pay without being out. And I've, and if that is true and there was pay disputes and stuff like that, I don't really feel how, I don't really see how he would be valid in saying that he deserves Scott Dixon pay because Scott Dixon, number one has won more championships than anybody else in that car. He's been with the team for almost, if not 20 years. Yeah. And, and it's this weekend. Yeah. He just tied the second most wins all time. He tied Mario Andretti in wins. Yeah. You're not Scott Dixon, but I think Ryan to counterpoint here, I, I don't know. IndyCar doesn't really put out driver pay, right? Yeah. Um, I'm willing to bet that Alex Pillow is underpaid to what he is in relative terms to other IndyCar drivers that he's racing around. And, that, and that's, a, that's an inherent possibility. I would, he's, you know, but... he's just that young, and the win last year, the championship win, kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. He did rookie year. Well, then he some, did championship. Some intelligent people like all of us here on this show called it a mile away and said, don't oh, yeah, sleep this, on him. We yeah. all agreed on that straight away. It definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah, totally Ryan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that was the official so, position of this show. <laughs> it was the official position. We were all in unison. Yeah. That was definitely not Ryan only. And we called him batshit crazy at the time. <laughs> but either way, I think it's interesting to be, I think Polo might honestly have his hat secretly into the ring in McLaren F1. I don't think, I don't think Polo would uh, go over to formula E. Well, I don't so, think so either. Yeah. Why would you do that? That's that may, that's a backward step to, to my mind. Uh, you're going to a car that's slower than an Indy lights car. Like, yeah. That's in not a series, even in a series this, that I I'll be honest. I don't know the long-term viability of formula E at this point. And turn, turned, yeah, when the turn racing into Mario Kart. 
Right. And you, I thought Audi uh, pulling out and several other manufacturers yeah. talking about their end date. No, that's not a thing. Um, what I do think is interesting is just the timing and the actions. I, I don't have any uh, privy knowledge like Ryan might about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes or what Luke might have heard. But I think for me, just as a bystander, it makes a whole lot like with the flurry and the conflicting press releases, it makes a whole lot of sense to me to see Chip Genassi being told I'm leaving and them to say, actually, contractually, you're fucked. So we have you for a third year, whether you like it or not. Yeah. We're going to exercise that whether you like it or not. And now it's a whole lot of, well, no, it's it's this and that. And it's going to be settled in court. Um, and that I think in, at the end of the day, Occam's razor, that's what happened. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can still see that, Ryan um with the laser pointer my goodness um but i i don't know how much else is is gonna come out it may have been pay it may have been opportunity you know mclaren affords him the opportunity to jump over to f1 i do think he's got enough super license points to do that and i think he's got the raw talent to deserve that seat yeah i i totally agree with you that he has the raw talent to be there i think he's the most polished one out of the IndyCar field who would be viable to go in there. And I do think, I, even though, like, I think Colton also is driving the way he should to be in a Formula One seat, um, I think he does have the talent. The situation I see here is, like, even Zach Brown came out and said, it's up to Ricardo whether or not a few races next year. Yeah. By the way, uh, I wanted to jump in. Um, the super license, you have to have at least 40 points over the previous three seasons in any combination of championships, right? Um if you win the IndyCar series, that is a that is forty points uh, to the winner of the IndyCar series. So, so just by being that. a champion last year, he's he's eligible. Um, it counts the same as winning the FIA uh, the F two series. I also so, love how we kind of glossed over the fact that Scotty Dixon still pulled it out uh, in Toronto. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that because I think there's we'll another we'll there's another uh, guy who finished third who's caught in all of this drama, and that is Felix Rosenquist. Uh, Felix, yeah. Felix, uh, look, I, if you're asking me for top tier IndyCar drivers, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to bring up Felix Rosenquist, but he's a bit like Valtteri Bottas, where I think like he's he gets points for being steady Eddie in an IndyCar team that has a phenomenal talent and Pato award. And he finished third this weekend in a very steely, very good drive. And I was sitting in on the press conference afterwards and he, he, he made mention or insinuated that he wanted to make things tough for Zach, you know, make kind of some kind of, there was a comment over the weekend, make Zach really think hard about his driver lineup. Because there's, to my knowledge, there's no thought of where, like, Felix, you know, what's going to happen to him. And if I'm not mistaken, too, uh, I believe it was, it was uh, Ray Hall. I have this written down. Yep, it was uh, Graham. Yeah, Graham Ray Hall said, I don't have an open seat on my team, but if I did, Felix Rosenkiss would get it in a heartbeat. I don't think he's – he's getting shook out of a team, but I think he has the talent and know-how – it sucks that he's the odd man out because he's a very good driver. He he is. And I also wonder, he wants to make things hard for Zach, 
in what way you know are we talking about zach like letting him go or zach deciding what series he races in because mclaren is fielding a really impressive um amount of seats and opportunities for young drivers to develop because i think you know and a, a lot of a lot of what we've seen out of certain guys is out of going to different disciplines and trying things out who's to say that he might not land in the IMSA races next year or you know some other type of formula e or you know whatever else they've got going on mclaren are building this very synergetic brand and that's such that's such a such a cliche but when you think about the driver lineup they have tim ryan like they're gonna have next year some combination of Pato award possibly alex Pillow, okay Alexander Rossi, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricardo, and a few others. And like, and they're in so many series. What I think they're aiming for is, like you said, IMSA. Danny, you want to drive the 24 hours of Daytona uh, alongside Alexander Rossi and Pado Award? Have at her. You know, you want to and- drive the, you want to drive Le Mans? Uh, you, uh, you know, you don't drive Lamont Lando uh, hands the car off. It's like, that's. Or, you know, the other thing to consider is, Hey, Danny, do you want to beat Fernando Alonso to the triple crown? That's, that's a big thing too. That yeah, even, I mean, yeah. the 500, the, you know, the it's, opportunity it, to go race at Lamont or Daytona. Hey, you can't forget about Juan. And Juan can still win the triple crown before all of them. I okay, have big a big sense. sexy t-shirt and I, I'm going to stick by it. He was we my pick to, and. We need to print actual big, big sexy t-shirts. Just a picture know, of him and then just says big sexy. I want one. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't just, you can't just speak his name. <laughs> no, I mean, sexy baby. He's, he's he's awesome, and I love. I mean, his son was pissed at him because he wrecked in his stint, but I love the fact that he and his kid went out racing endurance together. Uh, yeah, Sebastian's Sebastian's good too. I, <laughs> he's good, and he was pissed. He can't. You could see him like coming through the garage, like looking out of the track, like, "What do you mean? What wrecked?" I just put in a gem. Are you kidding me? And, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. All right, let's um, see. Because the other thing that we probably should talk about is a rumor that came out of the F1 mill about that second McLaren seat, though. Yeah, you want to bring that one up? I know where you're going with this. There's someone that has some salt that uh, has a very good uh, Anglo tie that uh, might be in line for that seat. That is one Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Because yep. apparently things are not going great uh, over at Aston Martin. And uh, it's you're just... telling me that forcing a four time world champion driver to be the B driver to some billionaire's son who owns the team is not going to work well for ego or for running the team? No. And weirdly, there's been some really bad press about Aston Martin in a toxic environment that everybody might want to, I don't know, leave. Yee, what? Maybe Altmar got out at the right time because, man, that outfit's quick. Yeah. That, that Alpine is how much do you want to bet quick. that and also yeah. but he was there an awful long time for that to be an institutional uh approach yeah but I, uh, hey what do i know I'm i wonder i wonder if otmar leaving is part of the reason it's getting so because who, who like mm, is I, the 
if, it, there, if someone comes up to you and says, I, and I, we're, we're referring to a, an unfortunate thing that I believe came out on Sky Sports where a mechanic who had been working for Aston Martin this year was mm-hmm. subject to some uh, very racially insensitive language. Um, and he did say that he was told, this is how we talk. So that to yeah. me speaks to a systemic issue. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, I was, I don't mean to be rack, laughing after after that but i had a brain fart i was like who what's their guy's name again the the principal for aston martin and i forgot it was mike crack yeah uh anyway good look you need to change your name (laughs) yeah i was gonna say yeah dude take one for the team go anyway what what i'm saying is is literally otmar is i don't want to say an old school f1 guy but he's been around the block Right. Otmar knows how to run a team and knows how to run a team well. Um, And he's, I've never met him. Okay. I've never really met anybody who has met him, but he just seems to come off as a very personable and very efficient and good team manager. Right. He also came off as, uh, how how would I put this lightly? Emotionally and mentally abused by uh, one Lawrence Stroll. And uh, that's what I was going to entirety of last year. He looked suicidal. And that's what I was going to get at is who's to say, who is Mike crack? Is this, is, is he kind of a Lawrence stroll? Yes, man. Was, was Otmar kind of the one guy who would transition and soften things for the team? He'd go, yes, Lawrence. And then he turned to the team and go, here's what we're going to do. All right. Don't ignore him. All right. Here's, here's how we can do it guys. And now Mike Crack is just, he's the yes man. And they're really kind of more under the thumb of Lawrence. Am uh-huh. I reading into this too much, guys? We we could be going down the rabbit hole just a bit. Right. Um, but I will say that uh, it's unfortunate. But Zach Brown, once again, may prove to be uh, the beneficiary of some good luck. Is he a beneficiary? Because from my perspective, I feel like it's putting a lot of drivers in a lot of bad scenarios because – if McLaren were to make the jump to IMSA or WEC or something like that, they need they would have needed to start seriously with a car now, like what Porsche is doing and what Alpine has done. I don't think you can I, – I don't think it's possible for them to necessarily – I don't think it's possible for them to be able to hold on to all these drivers through their given contract periods and develop a brand new car for that series, whether it be one of, whether it be the Senna and putting that in GTLM, which it wouldn't be able to race here in the United States because there is no class for it or the, or, or designing a hypercar. I just don't see it happen. The only thing that you could possibly do is put them in the United in the United car in LMP2, which if you're not going for an overall win, I don't know why you even bother if you're a McLaren driver. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's my fair. biggest issue with this whole thing is it's putting a lot of drivers into a really sticky situation. Alex is now pissed off the one of the most powerful men in American motorsports. And Pato's sitting here like, what? I thought I was going to have a shot. And this, now everybody else is getting told that they have a shot. You bring up a really good point. You bring up a really good point here because I was just – mentally going down that track and you know what do we see destroy teams from the inside Uh, let's talk about mercedes 2016 all right is too much heated rivalry between two teammate drivers right what happens to lando norris and let's say danny rick is in the second seat when they know that sitting behind them all right are 
an F1 hopeful and one of the most talented uh, drivers in North America, two Pato Award. Two, uh, three yeah. of them. Two of them. Two of them. Three. three of them, if you include Alexander Rossi. Okay. Well, Polo, I was thinking because yeah, uh, you got because you got yeah. Polo, you got Herda. Curta Award. You have Felix Rosenquist, who might still be under contract, sitting in in, in Formula E. You got. I'm like, there is too much, too many cooks I, in that kitchen. Are you guys insinuating that McLaren is about to make the Red Bull problem? Yes. I think they are. I think they are, and they're making it with not because just young talent. They're making it with proven stars. It is exactly what they did with Checo Perez. Mm-hmm. they yep. bottlenecked everything Pierre Gasly has nowhere to go um I'm I am stunned that the second seat wouldn't have been talked about more with Pierre Gasly at McLaren I agree I felt like he's he's the champion in waiting that is I completely agree he's passionate his racecraft has come so far they screwed him with the Red Bull move because that car was designed for the way that Max Verstappen drives and you can see that this year with how Checo Perez is honestly pound for pound taking it to max pretty well and he's kept it up there if not for their reliability issues but you know i think that they put him in a car that was so hard for anybody else to drive and then said oh you suck for after like 10 or 20 races and then said you know see ya i i would argue yeah i would argue the same thing with the mclaren with lando and danny because Clearly, Lando has doesn't have much of a problem with it, but Danny can't get his head around. Danny's driven a lot of stuff. Danny has driven a lot of stuff. The only the only indicator that I would point out, you know, because the Red Bull had Gasly and Albon that they burned, uh, and then brought in Checo, who just barely hung on. The only other uh, data point that we would have from the McLaren not being as designed for Lando was Carlos Sainz, who yeah, took yeah. the same car and did pretty well with it. I do think Danny Rick has lost his edge um i think mentally he's pretty buried and it really breaks my heart to see i think he needs it i don't think he should leave f1 but i think he needs i think it needs to be kind of like a valtteri where he went back to alfa romeo and valtteri is awesome this year but man he's developing the car with them i yeah i i do agree that i i want to get your guys's takes just yes or no are McLaren going to develop some kind of too many cooks situation? Are they going to drop the ball on this? I'm, I'm getting a yes from Ryan shaking his I, head. I just, I don't know any other way you do it. You've got so many great drivers, generational talents, all in the same, and arguably you're verging. If you get Vettel and Ricardo, you've got one generation that's going to be out, like Vettel, in my opinion, should be out the door this year. I think he's driving well, but I think it's burnt. I think Formula One's burned him out. And then you got Danny, who only has probably probably five more years left. Yeah. So you've got two different generations. You got the young generation and that, and you're there's and you got a whole lot of ego in between all of that. I just don't think it goes well. Tim, are they going to fumble this football? I think there are too many moving parts for me to feel comfortable about the outcome. Um, Now, you know, could a lot of these things shake out? Is it a lot? Is it much to do about nothing? Probably, but. There are too many moving parts, and McLaren is tied to too many things. And I still feel like the footing that Zach Brown is on is not as firm as I would like for it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not firm enough to take on Chip Genassi, No. period. Um, it's not firm enough. 
I would be nervous if he was if he was taking on Andretti like this, even though Andretti arguably isn't as nearly as well a run team. Yeah. But ugh, I just yeah, not I'm not feeling great. We have too many big names in the pot now. We've got Rossi, Polo, we've got Rosenquist out. Yeah. We've got Award. We've got, you know, Herda. You know, it's it's so many people tied it's to a, the second McLaren seat. It's, a, and, it's exhausting. And even if I was Lando Norris, I'd start to feel that pressure. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot of pressure, and there is a it's a global sprint. And Ryan's right. I mean, uh, McLaren is the one that went out and made that mistake with Alonso at the 500, and you know, got bumped on bump day because Zach Brown had to go and find a steering wheel personally. So you know, when you have your CEO very recently, I mean, it's what was that 2017? No, oh, that was 19 when they got bumped. It was 19 when he got bumped. Not, 17 years ago. Won it. Yeah. Yeah, it was three years ago that we went through this bungling mess and they're going to do the same thing with, you know, IMSA, if they don't get it right. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I hope, I hope that a whole, a whole lot of things, a whole lot of more, a whole lot more things have to break in their favor. than I feel comfortable saying I feel good about. I would agree. So let me ask a lawsuit (laughs) (laughs) that, that, and that is coming that, that, that statement from Genassi racing, which was chip himself saying, I'm throwing down this gauntlet and he's a whole lot more powerful. Oh yeah. Don't mess with the ship. I was going to say, yeah, you may, I mean, just walk up to Roger Penske and slap him. That's that's that you would end up better because Roger Penske is an older gentleman and Chip Genassi is not. Yeah. And Uh, he is a hell of a lot more fire. And he's, that's just a big man. (laughs) Like, go ahead, Zach. Go up and go fisticuffs with. with <laughs> Isn't it crazy that he used to race in? He used to drive and race in IndyCar. I I would. You could have told me he played D one football for Notre Dame, and I would have bought it. <laughs> like he he's just a well built individual. It's incredible that, to my knowledge, fight with that guy. It's incredible that, to my knowledge, Chip Ganassi is has not played football, and yet when when I we we set uh, met Joe Gibbs. That yeah. one time where we ran, or like we were at a press conference, I'm like, "That's Joe Gibbs." It's not nearly as opposing. <laughs> as imposing, talking. yeah. Well, Chip I mean, Nancy just presence. has that air about him. His presence is intimidating. Yes. So. Um, so I got two more topics for you guys, and these will these will be a little quicker because I think we got to the meat of this. Marcus Erickson takes home a very solid fifth place uh, at Honda Indy Toronto. My question to you, all right. My question to you. Is Marcus Erickson championship material? I hate to admit it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing. He is. He's he's very quietly putting together a really great season. And I say quietly, he won the five hundred for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but he's still he's still very anonymously putting in good races. Still. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's not like Pagano where he puts together a miraculous 2019 month of May. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me because I've seen him take, and I mean this quite literally, one win where I was like, oh, man, well-deserved. He just he won that race straight up, and that was at the Indy 500 this year. For a guy yeah. with, with that reputation, because I know he had a couple wins before this, but you'll remember, it, you know, Detroit last year, for example, man had a gifted to him, to, to be 100% honest with you. 
I just, I don't know if I buy him. And yet at the same time, he, he's rocking what a, a 35 point lead, right? Somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. 35 uh, point lead. over Yeah. 35 point lead. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, I don't see him finishing outside the top 10 very often. And that is what you have to do when you have a 35 point lead is you just have to finish in the top five. Top and 10. that's, I mean, it's something that we've said constantly on this Golly. show where it's like, you know, you have to be good enough to get lucky and he's good enough. He's putting in respectable races and sometimes, yeah, it gets gifted to him, but he was there to take it. Yeah. Yeah. He is currently tied right now with Mark, uh, with uh, Polo for the most top tens this season. Yeah. Or for yeah. the second most top 10. Sorry. Dixon still has the most. Of course. Which not, Dixon. Dixon, Dixon's still in it. He's <laughs> not. He's actually, if Erickson has a bottles, the uh, bottles, one of these races and Dixon wins it, he's in. He's yeah. back in the championship. And that's think, the thing. Marcus think, Erickson is taking Scott Dixon's move away from him and we're not noticing it. Yeah. Where he just puts in those really good races. He wins when he needs to, and but he does all the rest of it right. You know, you and bring up a good point. How often do we talk about the horseshoe permanently implanted in Scott Dixon's ass? I'm just yeah. saying. You know, and he, yeah, he won this weekend, but you didn't expect him to. <laughs> no. And it's just like, <laughs> damn it, how did he do it again? And yeah. Honestly, that's what Marcus Erickson is doing. He's slowly put to, putting together and developing his racecraft. How, how wild is it? Is it to... We're sitting, we're looking at these standings. Scott Dixon tied with Joseph Newgarden now with 307 points. Yeah. Joseph Newgarden has three wins this season. <laughs> Man, that guy can't get it, can't catch a break no. sometimes. Like he literally can absolutely trounce the field and then not finish the next five races. He's either he's either the best or the worst Indy car driver this year. There's, there's no like indie- he's, but it's not like he's the worst. He just gets crappy luck. Yeah. Like okay, either yeah, the yeah. car is just not there. Like at he's, mid Ohio, he qualified well and then the car just was gone. He's didn't got the, exist. He's got the early season Max Verstappen luck where it's like he wins every race he finishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Scott Dixon, how do we feel about Scott Dixon now being number two tied with Mario Andretti? Ryan's making the big old hearts. Daddy. Yeah. Tied say, with yeah, Mario that. Andretti for. IndyCar wins. I I can't think of anybody I would like more in that slot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys where there is he's one of those classic dudes where it is impossible to dislike him. Mm-hmm. And it is impossible to disrespect anything he's done. It's one of those where, you know, it's like the he's just an old school guy where you're like, that's a man. Yeah. And that's awesome. So yeah, no, it's. I think he. I think it's a tremendous achievement for him. Um, I, I I couldn't be any happier for him and Chip Ganassi Racing to have that amount of good news on top of their crap news. So I, I think it works out well. I, I'm thrilled for Scott Dixon. Yeah, um, I don't I, know if I'm going to call him Daddy, but <laughs> I'll how, shake his hand and be like, mm, "Well done, oh, sir." That reminds me one one more thing, by the way. Uh, one interesting uh quote from Felix Ro- or Felix Rosenquist that I forgot to bring he, up. He by called the way. Scott Dixon daddy. Well, that makes sense. No, no, it's, it's a, he said something about Alex Pillow. Uh, he said, the way it seems right now, I d- maybe I don't think Alex is going to be driving anywhere in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> and when he also alluded to that, maybe this deal was done like months ago, like well before we even got an inkling of it. Uh, 
Well, I mean, and that's how these things McLaren seem to be have seem to have that tweet in their back pocket. Yeah. Um, but uh, back to space. Yeah, back to Scott Dixon though. Um, one closing question, okay? Mario Andretti won thirty three times in the USAC, nineteen times at a cart. Um, AJ Foyt has uh, the only guy ahead of both of them with sixty seven wins under USAC. is Scott Dixon's 52 wins more impressive in the spec era of IndyCar than in the more open era that Mario Andretti got his 52? Yes. I feel like you could argue, argue both. Yeah. But with the level of international talent that you got to remember when AJ and Mario did a lot, well, pretty much all of AJ's career and half of Mario's career, the international talent wasn't there. And these guys, and we're talking about three drivers right now who we could probably see in the Formula One car. I don't think that I, like, you could see AJ Foyt or Mario in a Formula One car, but I don't know how many others you could see out of out of the USAC era. Other, like, other than guys who were coming over across the pond to do one-offs, but a consistent championship contender, I, like, got Wally Dolan back and guys like that. And like, I don't think their careers scream. And I don't even think Rick Mears for that matter, screams formula one at you because he was really good on ovals, but he was okay on road courses. He won a few, but he was really good on the ovals. So you're on team. Yes, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say it's, it's more difficult. Yeah. Like he said, with the international pool of drivers, obviously we have a very, very deep, lineup right now they are incredibly good it's a spec series so you can't run anything differently than your peers and to be so consistently good for so long yeah i'd say i'd say that's that's deeply impressive and more so than when mario did it mario had the had the edge with having the better tech having you know it, it was a it was just a watered down form version of formula one this is this is more balls out racing and yeah don't forget too, Scott Dixon six overall titles, Mario Andretti four. Scott Dixon only trails AJ Foyt. He's that one more title. I think he'll probably get it honestly before he. Retired. I think he will too. He's like the man just the man just won a race. I yeah, he's old, but he's still competitive. I hell, he's. I'm even hesitant to call his age into question because I have not seen one thing about Scott Dixon's game deteriorate. No, not no. one. No, he's tied see. for fourth in the championship. Has right. he finished outside of the top ten in the championship since he's, he joined Ganassi? No, that's a good question. Hold on, let me go, let go, let go look. The other thing to bear in mind is he looks good enough to have another five years. Oh, he does. God, yeah. So it's I like, say it's like he's the Tom Brady of IndyCar. I was gonna say he's. I think he's Thanos. He is inevitable. It will happen. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Okay, hold on, hold on. Thirteenth in the toyota engine in 2005 for uh panos and uh delara yeah Yeah, panos yeah uh fourth but since then i mean we're talking fourth in 2006 okay and then (laughs) just please acknowledge this like just for a second think about this fourth second first second third 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 first third first Sixth, third, first, like fourth, that, first, fourth. You're like that old school PC that 
like when we were kids we would monkey with just to make it say whatever we want yeah. third 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 fourth third but first, like, fourth he went he went a span between uh let's see 2007 and 2015 and the worst he ever finished was third place <laughs> that's i mean it's silly you, you can't you can't knock it uh, last year I... he finished fourth in the championship and in the last and between since 2007 last year he finished fourth in the championship and that is the s- tied for the second worst he's he's ever he's finished over that you know what 15 year span 14 year span and we talk about how dominant lewis is yeah. come on well, yeah like <laughs> that that's ridiculous in a spec series in a, in a spec series and he's old he's old <laughs> he's old i i don't see a single reaction time lessening no. with scott dixon I he bangs he's in just good getting, he's like a fine wine he is getting faster which is he's been he is a benjamin buttoning his career yeah, it's does. ridiculous i i think one of the takeaways we always say this is please he, he still has a poll this year too yeah please yeah hey <laughs> the, the title of this episode scott dixon is in is a uh, motorsports uh benjamin button <laughs> he's just getting better scott dixon motorsports benjamin button yep. i think i think the takeaway and we said this before is please for the love of god if you're a racing fan sit down and watch some indycar watch scott dixon because like, because like, if this is if you don't watch Scott Dixon, you're gonna be like, uh the same way that you might be a young racer and you're like, I wish I could have been around to watch Mario Andretti race. You know, that's that's yeah, that's yeah. this that's this era of racing's guy. That's this Absolutely. era's guy is Scott last, Dixon. No, this is this era and last era's guy. He and Ellie and Helio started like three years apart from one another. Yeah. He won. He won in two thousand three, yeah. man. I was eight. <laughs> yeah, the, he's he's. It's. I'm not going to say how old I was because it'll make me feel ancient. But <laughs> I will say that he is an. He is almost more than a generational talent, and you should absolutely tune in to watch him. There are no other real sports going on. Like baseball's on hiatus. Catch up on some replays or watch the Tour de France. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to watch Iowa? Tour de France. Iowa is coming up, isn't it? Iowa is coming up. So Iowa is this coming weekend. Uh, yeah. The high V so deals 250 there you and go. the high V salute to farmers 300, which brings me to my closing thing. All right. Uh, I think this weekend, at the end of the weekend, I don't think, I, I call me crazy, I don't think Marcus Erickson is your championship leader at the end of this weekend. You have two full points playing races at at Iowa Speedway, let's go. Let's go click on Iowa Speedway. Let's go see it. Some of those, uh, some of those past winners, huh? You're talking uh, Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagano, Joseph Newgarden, Joseph Newgarden, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. There's Newgarden. a pattern, but yeah, I have no. I have a curveball with my call for this weekend. Yeah, it's Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon's going to pull ahead in the in the championship lead. I he just don't the cork. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't disagree. I think it's either, it's either Dixon or Newgarden, man. It's he starts Dixon these runs. Like last year, he had a run where I he strung two or three together win-wise. I think he's – I think this is his string. Yeah. I I I can't disagree, but I just think Marcus Erickson, look, with all due respect, um, he is he is a very high-quality driver, and I'll, I'll give him that. 
I don't think he's a short oval guy. Not not compared to Joseph Newgarden or Scott Dixon on literally any kind of track. Or <laughs> you can't you can't even count out the McLaren guys. I mean, they were they're they're always quick at Texas, and that's short oval. Otto's just quick. Period. Yeah, Otto. It doesn't matter where you put him. He's gonna he's gonna find his way. You know that is that is Otto's kind of what lad. Iowa is. Is it's a, it's a is short a track lad. Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was, was a short, short track, track Texas. Texas. So explain to me why we don't go to Charlotte then. Uh, because Charlotte still doesn't have catch fences all the way around their track, believe it or I not. I was going to say, uh, it comes down to one of three things, safety, uh, politics, or money. Uh, also Charlotte, uh, we had a, they had a driver death, not too, uh, back in the day, I believe. I think most oh, Pocono, Pocono had a couple and they still race there. Indies yeah. had almost yeah. 50. And haven't yeah, we the said Indy Pocono is just straight 500k. Um, 1999 event, three spectators are killed when debris, uh, from a crash on the track went into the grandstands. And if you look at Charlotte going into turn three, and this is actually, if you race it on like iRacing, it's, it's there too. Um, there's no catch fence in turn three. And I don't know why there isn't, it seems like a pretty egregious, like why the hell not? Um, but I think until that gets put in, there's no, there's zero chance anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. Not a whole lot of money to put in. What no Speedway like, Motors can't put in a couple like can't put in a hundred thousand to fully fence in a track. Would it even cost a hundred thousand? Like it's it's like five hundred foot that. of catch fencing. Yeah. You'd be amazed what things cost, especially these days. But I work I at a racetrack. I would not be amazed, trust me. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, that is the difference, though. Driver deaths, totally fine. Spectator deaths, you're gone for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. Uh, same reason we won't go back to a – I don't think we'll go back to Las Vegas either. Um, just when, when, yeah. when a death hits a track. Well, and that was – of all – that was probably – the, if not close to the most popular driver in IndyCar at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dan, well, yeah. And yeah. Um, the IndyCar is kind of running out of ovals to visit. I, I thought they'd get Homestead Miami, but we'll see. I think Homestead yeah. Milwaukee mile wouldn't be a bad choice, but the fair board doesn't want to be there. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Michigan would be cool to go back to as well. Michigan would be cool. Michigan would be cool. But uh, speaking of which, uh, Detroit is actually not even going to be on Belle Isle next year because the powers that be want to be want they run their race right in front of their corporate headquarters. So that is so sad. Although it will have a double sided pit lane. What? Yeah, you didn't see this. You didn't see. Okay, all right, all right. This is podcast after hours, so I'm going to screen share with Ryan right now. All right. And we're going to go. Uh, Shows how much I've been paying attention. Jeez. Yeah. Detroit double pit lane. Uh, yeah. IndyCar's only dual pit lane, according to the Detroit News. Uh, you can see that uh, right there. Yeah. And uh, apparently they're going to pull in. All right. They're going to have a pit lane. And on either side, on your left and your right is the half wall for teams to hop over. So you can, yeah, I can only imagine that blending pulling out of your pit lane. That's going to be a huge crash. Yeah. Yeah. That's with a lot of pit, well. with a lot of pit crews getting hurt. 
I can't. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that survives. That's got to be wider than a freaking runway strip to work. Yeah, I I think too. There's some uh, there's some bit of like I think Toronto will probably be watching that to see if it works because Toronto has such a crammed pit lane. Uh, it was cool to see that many teams at Toronto though. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And honestly, again, it speaks to the growth of IndyCar as a series, but I don't know. I, I cannot foresee two pit lanes coming. What happens when, like, you know, New Garden on one side and Dixon on the other, and they both see a clear opening, they release and they just release right into each other because they're parallel yeah. where they stop. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to be a driver. It's going to be a crew member which just aggravates me even more because i've been that guy hopping over the wall it's not fun i don't like it yeah the they're gonna come together and then the ricochet from whatever comes out is gonna hit a pit and odds are it'll be a completely innocent pit crew yeah Yeah. and it'll be that'll be terrible and someone and the thing is when they're screaming out of there when they come together that that someone's gonna get killed that's gonna end up with someone getting getting really alive very quickly yeah. all right well uh ryan i'm uh, i'm glad that uh, i'm glad that you joined us we'll have you back in at the very least a, a couple weeks if uh if people want to wait six months again no it wasn't <laughs> like six months it was a, it was at the beginning of the years before the season started somewhere around there somewhere around there no if you want if people want to uh, reach out to you uh, see how you're doing how can they reach you uh, they can reach me at RB Racing on Facebook, uh, Ryan Bjorky 42 on Instagram. I post all of my stuff on those two accounts um, or Ryan Bjorky at Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, we're still uh, we're looking for partners for 2023. Uh, I would massively be helpful. We got some cool things in the works through both my own through my own team and through uh, stuff with me driving elsewhere. Um, and yeah, 2023 is looking pretty exciting and it would be really beneficial if we had some extra help with it. Well, apparently you can just pitch up to Watkins Glen and just win. So who wouldn't want yeah. to sponsor hey, that? Hey, we got a Trans Am race coming up there. Let's yeah. go. There you go. If, it, yeah, it, yeah. You I'm just need to get licensed. Any, any, call, any call with potential sponsors, just put that bad trophy right next to you and be like, hi, how do you do? Watkins Glen, <laughs> eight months out of a car. I can drive anything. There it is. All right. Well, it. On that note, uh, we are going to wrap. Thank you guys so much for joining the Formation Lab, and we will talk to you guys, as always, after French GP next week. See ya.